two, one. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to HGS Pro Talk, your weekly Louise sports podcast. I have literally no idea how I sound right now, and I look like a fucking idiot. My name's Josh, J.K. J.K. Fire. Oh, I didn't even say what episode this is. This is episode 259, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, thank you, Will. For the week of October 30th, is that what I have listed? It, it is. Thank you. 2022. And uh, the title of this week's episode is, I can't read it, but, uh, Will, what's the title of this week's episode? Looking back to look forward in an infinite HCS year one retrospective. Thank you, Will. Uh, my name's Josh, AK, JK Fire. I got buttons. No idea if that actually came through. And this week I'm joined by the man, um, Will. Where yeah. are you? <laughs> what are you wearing? Uh, you know, I don't really, it's just Renaissance gear. You know, I got the, the puffy white shirt and the leather vest. The Renaissance man, Will, yeah. AKA I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you doing on this Sunday afternoon? You know, I'm doing good. Uh, our Minnesota Vikings took home a win today over the Arizona Cardinals, which was surprising. I uh, didn't think that was going to happen. I just kind of chalked it up as a loss, and we're here doing the show, so I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hold position. I got this. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm holding. I'm doing great, Will. Um, I'm going to fuck. I can't do the fucking show. With it. Hold on. I fucking take this off. I figured, uh, you know. Woo! I can't. Yeah, that's gonna. That ain't gonna fucking. That's not flying. Oh, Aaron the Geek, welcome to the live show. Um, no, I'm doing good. Uh, you're right. the The Minnesota Vikings did win against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I still think that we are a semi phony six and one team now. Um, because Will and I have talked about it. Just quick football talk, real quick. Uh, Will and I have talked about it basically ever since we've started winning this year is that uh the teams we've won against uh every game has been very close when they shouldn't have been and uh and a, a win's a win like we're not going to be mad at a win right we're not going right. to be mad at a win but i wish these wins were more convincing than they are um there's some things where you know we had the opportunity to stomp out teams earlier than we did right kind of kept them in it you like to see it be a little bit more cutthroat being an NFL team. And I don't know. You take the wins. Yeah. Hopefully, oh, yeah. you know, new coaching staff teams learning. Um, that's the thing though, is I only see them getting better. So I do have hope for the, the rest of the season. Sure. But that's yeah. We'll see where it goes. Um, Aaron says, look, good boys. Will, I was super bummed I didn't get to meet you at Worlds. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I uh, hope Josh told you to go fuck yourself like you promised. Oh. Go fuck yourself, Will. Okay, great. Yeah. There next, you go. Next year I'll be at Worlds, all right? There you go. That's the plan. Um, And then Raider Hater with the 11-month resub. Thank you so much for the sub. You get a woo! And then uh, we'll keep you, obviously, we'll do woos and everything at the end of the show as well. Um, Will, do you want to know? So, okay, just for just for some clarification here as to why we're doing this early. Uh, tomorrow is Halloween. Uh, tomorrow is October thirty first. Tomorrow is actually Halloween, and we would typically do our show on Monday evenings. But um, I have a toddler, and she goes trick or treating. Therefore, I also go trick or treating. Um, and I proceed to then eat most of, if not all, of her candy because I'm a terrible person. Um, and by terrible, I mean awesome and i like candy fox too quick with the two-month resub you get a 
Woo! Thank you very much. Greatly appreciated. Welcome back. Good to see you. Uh, so yeah, we typically do the show tomorrow, but because it's Halloween, because of trick-or-treating, we're not going to be doing that. Therefore, we are here right now. And uh, we got some shit to talk about. Will, do you want to know what's coming up on this week's episode of the show? What do we got? Rostermania has already begun because, of course, it has. Well, you know, why wouldn't it? We have tournament announcements and recaps, and then we have our topic of the Infinite HCS Year 1 retrospective. So we're going to talk about uh, things that had happened during the during the first year of competitive Infinite Esports. Yeah. And uh, just kind of what we're, what we're thinking about for Year 2. And, yeah, just kind of take this opportunity as like a chill week and enjoy our time, look back while we look forward. All that fun stuff. So, Will, without further ado, let's get into some competitive news. The Halo Rec League Season 6 signups are live right now. This is by Halo Rec League. They say Halo uh, Season 6 signups are live because we just said that too. Join the Discord server and check the announcements channel for details on how to register. We have a place for every skill level, really every skill level. Come take part in the action. And a link to their Discord is in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show, exclamation point, show notes in chat. Or if you're listening to the VOD or audio version of the show, it's in the description. Check it out there. And then Spartan is looking for a little bit more information. And uh, I agree with him on this because it is kind of weird how... Let me just read what he had to say. This is by Spartan on Twitter, and he says... Can we get more details on the Optic Invitational, seeing as it's in like five weeks? Something as simple like, who is invited, would be a nice start. You know, he makes a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Who is invited? It's going to be weird. It's like, what if if teams have like released players? Like, like United? Yeah. Or, and they don't have their fourth or fifth or, or I guess coach, whatever people they need. Yeah. But they're invited. Like, who's gonna? How's this gonna? How's this gonna work? I agree. It'd be nice to know, especially with it being re- like really not far away at all. Right. When they announced it, um, when they announced it at Worlds, like it was a, oh shit, it's fucking just over a month away. That's crazy. Yeah. Great. It is a preseason event. Um, so it's not it's not tied into year two. Um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to know who's invited. We'll have to wait and see. So I'm sorry, Spartan, that, you know, people aren't giving you the information that you desire, but, you know, hopefully soon. And that's it for the competitive news. Your upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobComba.com. Check out NoobComba.com for all your Hey Louis sports needs. Maybe buy some of his merch. You know, Maddie's got some fire-ass merch. Daily tournaments, Z-League daily tournaments, and First Blood daily tournaments are still happening, believe it or not. Sunday, October 30th, today, Tempest and Gaming Halloween, or it's Tempest X Gaming Halloween 1v1 tournament that is taking place tonight. And Sunday, November 6th, is the Halo Rec League Season 6 Primer Tournaments and the Playgriff Ball Halo Reach Draft Tournament. The draft has completed, um, so the teams are set, but you, I hope that it's going to be streamed because you should be able to watch all the action next weekend on Sunday, November 6th. That's it for your upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobComedy.com. For all your Halo esports needs. Will, before we move on, yeah. Aaron says hopefully they'll invite whoever tomorrow. Otherwise, those travel plans will suck. It's a really good point. Yes. It's, a, it's like, je- like really, a really good point, actually. Yeah, man. Or just scrambling to get plane tickets out or whatever it may yeah. be. Or maybe everybody's just moving there anyway. Oh, to, yeah, yeah. To Texas? Everyone's going to be in Texas, right? right? Yeah. 
All my exes live in Texas. So Mar says, I thought this was the COD Pro talk. How did I end up here? LOL, JK. I hope everyone is doing good on this fine weekend. You know, we will have some Call of Duty shit to talk about later. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, obviously, Mar, f- fuck. Yeah. Um, I am excited for the season to start, though. That that should be that should be hopefully a fun time. Hopefully a fun time. We'll have to wait and see. Will, what do we got next? Roster Mania! Some Roster Mania already happening in the scene. Mm-hmm. Right after Worlds. Mm-hmm. And we'll start with Space Station Gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they released Atso. Mm-hmm. They put... <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. 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 <laughs> Any Tim Allen's in the chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, no, it's it uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Is Tim that, the Toolman yeah. Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> Space Station says, thank you, Atso, for your contributions to our Halo team. We wish you nothing but success in the future. And Atso uh, put a tweet out saying, just saying thanks to the Space Station and all the members for caring for me and the time I spent with them. Let's see what the future brings to me. Indeed, so. Atso. Indeed. Yeah. Is the logo real yet from Fox Too Quick? No. No. Um, See, it's a trick. <laughs> it's not a treat. See? Eventually. Eventually, we'll throw it up there. Just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> be crazy. Um, next team with some moves. Status quo. Uh, is it Nesty? I think it's Nessity. Yeah, Nessity. Nessity, right, right, right. Uh, announces free agency, and he says, officially a restricted free agent for season two. Very unfortunate with how things went, but all is in the past. I'm dedicated to becoming the best teammate and player this game has to offer. All vouches and retweets are appreciated to new beginnings. We then had a statement from Flamesort, who said, over the next few days, you will be seeing my players tweet out FA or a certain set with one another. As I figure out the roster for the new year, I don't want my players to miss opportunities if offered. I'm sure we will see a mix of our players from year one as we continue to learn how to build a championship team. So excited to see what comes of status quo yeah. headed by flame sword. Who's been in the scene for a long time. Yeah. And Bob just coming off of his, uh, world championship FFA win. Yeah. As a matter of fact, predicted correctly by yours. Truly. I only get one, you know, <laughs> so I have to, I have to live it up. There you go. Um, and last piece here for roster mania G one. Predevinator states, who's actually serious about season two? DMs are open. So who knows what the fuck's going to happen there? Right. Yeah. That's kind of just up in the air. Is he leaving to join a team? Is he trying to bring people in to G1? Who knows? Who knows? Aaron says, was the person space station drop one of the Pittsburgh Knights roster pickups? Yes. Um, all of, so all of Pittsburgh Knights are now space station. I mean, not Atso anymore. Atso was let go, but uh, yes, all of them. Space Station literally just signed the previous Pittsburgh Knights roster. So, that is that. That's it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Phil. Jesus. Thank you, Will, for running through those. Oh, of course. I appreciate it. Uh, So, I would typically have scrim recaps for you at this point in time, but obviously we don't have any scrims to recap because people aren't fucking scrimming. Duh. But, um, there is something that Clayster tweeted out that... I think makes a lot of sense and I wanted to highlight it in this show because while Clayster does come from the, from the competitive call of duty side of things, there you go, Mar. Uh, I think this really hits home on the halo side of things as well, considering 
when people want to watch scrims, right? When people want to watch people stream scrims. Here's what Clayster said. Saw a thread making fun of pros for not streaming scrims, insinuating it was for strats purposes. While that's a factor, most of it is to not deal with outside unwanted toxicity and opinions as well as to keep us focused on practice and not entertaining. Don't say close chat. And from Spartan, he replied to this saying, pros are not obligated to stream scrims ever. We're here to compete and try to win, not cater to you. Sorry. And yeah, that's fair. Yep, I think it absolutely makes sense. Um, while yes, there are times where we wish scrims were being streamed at the same time. I think we even talked about it previously. I think we personally, I think we talked about the whole not wanting to give up strats part of things. Um, but no, it makes sense. Like it's not, it's not in their, con- it's it's not in their contract. It, they're not obligated to do anything they don't want to do regarding s- streaming. Um, the scrims that is. And if they want to, by all means, please do because we'd love to watch it. But if you don't want to, that's perfectly fine too. Because we understand as well that, no, you're like, it's, it was like my feedback when we were doing um, the world's post show last week, right? It's like, I would love for teams to get out more and like do meet and greets because the spectators are there to watch you play the game, right? Yeah. It's kind of the whole point. But from a scrim standpoint, like we also understand that you're there to try to win that event. So like at a LAN, try to be out there more when you're not playing the game. But obviously if you're, if you're script, uh, if you're scrimming and whatnot, that's yeah, you guys do you I'm not going to fucking hold you accountable for not streaming it. I could care less because we understand that your whole basis is to try to get better and to be as mentally prepared as possible going into the event. So the only thing like, I ran into about streaming scrims is that I would throw formal and lucid on kind of as, as like background while I was doing things. Yeah. And it's, yeah, right. It's entertainment, mm-hmm. but they were streaming their scrims and then leading up like the last three weeks leading up to worlds, they just weren't streaming. Nope. And while I respect it, it does suck to like pull away from your viewers like that because sure. they're, they're, they're there for you. But if people are being toxic and all that, then who cares? Don't stream. Yeah, fuck that shit. And, and I, I totally get it for, you got to keep your your mental in the right state heading into a big tournament. Absolutely. So I just wanted to highlight that point. I thought that was uh, really good that Clayster made note of that. Yeah. Um, Spartan chiming in as well. I think uh, Alumni, uh, wait, no, uh, I think it was Hoaxer that retweeted it and said like exactly or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, it, it completely makes sense. So no, either either stream them or don't. But regardless, we're just happy that you're just trying to get better. That's all that really matters. Uh, Jay Fox, with the five-month resub, you get a woo! Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome back to the live show. Good to see you. Um, Will, with that, would you mind running through the uh, couple tournaments that uh, we had over the last week? Yeah, we'll start off with the TK Halo 3 TS 4v4 Draft Tournament. And your top four placings. Uh, there was no team names given, just uh, gamer tag. So in fourth place was Vaporeon, Hi, I'm Mellow, MCC Lags, and Salute. Third went to Scott A99 or Scotty, uh, Shifty Shift, Zalkris, 
and washed God. Second went to theology, um, soaring polo, I'm the goat, and lizard with a, too many Z's and too many D's. <laughs> and first place went to Magic L. Um, Guild, Guild of Vino, Vino, MCC Lags is on here twice, and Salu on there on twice, here as, twice well. as well. Maddie, <clears throat> time to give Maddie some shit, ladies and gentlemen. Getting his fucking DMs. Players, like, what is this shit? Playing playing on two teams. Who Do knows? you even run your website, bro? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? You should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, jeez. And then he's like, actually, that's true. They're they're on there twice, and they should be. Mm. It'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Some Twilight Zone shit where they're able to compete on two teams? Next tournament. Mm-hmm. SWAT Nation, SWATween 4v4. Some SWAT! SWAT! Um, fourth place went to Golden Dawn. This included Smokey Dig, Peggy, Nafberger, and NSG Cereal. Third place went to Triggers Down, Simply Gambit, Moe's, Colonely, uh, and Glory GGs. Second went to Shootout, Envor, Gold Star, BR, Fluriously, and Hativ. And first went to Some Light, Mind Aperture, uh, Shovin, and Snakey. Saw even? Saw even? You know what I just realized? What's that? I really did fail at this Halloween costume thing that we are going to do for the show today. I have a triggers down hoodie in that closet. Oh yeah. And at the game today, they gave away like these Jared Allen headbands that had the hair going down the back. Oh yeah, yeah. So I could have worn that. I'd have to like dye it like a dirty blonde or something, but I'd have to, I'd wear that with a hat and the triggers down jersey. I'd be Bravo. (laughs) I could have been fucking Bravo. Not anywhere near as good looking, but like I could have tried to be him. So I'm curious since I'm newer to Halo. Yeah. Does it bother people when these teams use the old MLG stuff like triggers down? Because it's like, yeah, you're not triggers down. Like how fucking dare you? Like that was, that was, I don't know. That was something else. You know what I mean? I think it's all in good fun. Right. It's like paying homage to them. Yeah. I don't think anybody's upset about it. But then I can't speak for them. So I don't know. I was just curious. Well, that's Bravo. That's a good. That's a good point. Like, how does it feel to have a third place team in a SWAT nation tournament take your guys' name? <laughs> how does that feel? Probably. Like, I don't give. A- yeah. Exactly. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. I'm just curious to like the the Halo fans out there. Sure. You know. Sure. As as an old head myself, I don't care. I'll say that. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, should we do our topic now? Sure. All right. Let's get into our topic. Infinite HCS year one retrospective. Let's talk about what we saw, what we witnessed, um, you know, cool things, not so cool things, and things to look forward to in season two, or things we hope to see in uh, year two. Uh, Welchie says, probably it makes more sense when there's some connection, either in the form of a player or a coach. Agree with that. Agree with that. Also, welcome back, Welchie. Good to see you. So... I have the previous placings up. I'll just quickly run through like top four. Um, 
starting at the beginning of the year and then going all the way to Worlds, obviously. And these are like the the main events that took place. So we had Raleigh, which was the kickoff major that happened. And uh, fourth through first was Sentinels, Phase, E United, and Cloud Nine. Uh, e United really making a making a, a st- uh, just a statement in that tournament. No one really thinking that they were going to be taking second, uh, making it to the grand finals in general, and uh, making it there, getting annihilated. But either way, making it to second, which is pretty fucking cool to see. Um, Sentinels not really showing up a whole ton. But, hey, that's where that is. And then that KCP roster, now Native Red, uh, solidif- starting their solidifying of being a top 5-6 team, you know, for, for most yeah. of the year. Um, and then Optic not doing fucking anything. So, sad to see, but it happened. Spastic says, what's up, guys? What's up? Welcome back Yo. to the live show. Good to see you. Next up was Anaheim. This was the North American Regional if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, Cloud9 took this one as well, but Optic Gaming making a big bounce back, taking second place in this event. United taking third and Sentinels taking fourth yet again. Okay. So we, we're getting a little bit of a clearer picture here. KCP again getting fifth, sixth, whatever. And FaZe taking a big step back, uh, taking in seventh, eighth spot. Okay. But either way, we're starting to see a clear picture of where we think teams are going to be. Then Kansas City happened. And uh, Kansas City is when shit kind of not really hit the fan, but stirred the pot a little bit, if you will, right? Because Sentinels actually took that tournament. And not only did they take that tournament, they swept Cloud9 in the grand final of said tournament. So Cloud9, keep things in perspective here, Cloud9 taking first in both Raleigh and Anaheim, taking second in Kansas City, so have yet to be out of a grand final appearance at this point in time. Optic Gaming taking a slight step back in third place. If you look at those placings from Kansas City, if Sentinels didn't overperform, it would have been pretty much the same lineup. Yep, exactly. I think the surprise at Kansas City is Ascend and Quadrant taking that seventh, eighth place. It was a big deal. A very big deal indeed. United taking fourth, taking a little bit of another step back. KCP again in the fifth, sixth spot, just hanging in there, just relaxing, just maxing, relaxing, being all cool while shooting some b-ball outside of the school, hanging out in the fifth, sixth spot. FaZe taking a slight step forward from their seventh and eighth to be in fifth, sixth, and then like you said, ascending quadrant, making big statements there at Kansas City, taking that seventh and eighth spots. Pretty fucking cool to see. Yeah. Let's go around the world for a little bit. All right. For the EU regional in Valencia, DreamHack Valencia, this is where Ascend just made their statement known. Um, Navi didn't really show up against Quadrant, so Navi took third, Quadrant took second. But no, Ascend, I have it in our notes later, but like Ascend were the best team by far in their region. Like, you, you were not really competing with them, okay? Going to Mexico, or the Latin America region, in Mexico City, the Pittsburgh Knights, which are now a space station gaming, they also completely ran through every ounce of competition in their region um, all throughout the year. They were the top dogs all throughout the year, all, forever and always. Then we move on to Australia and New Zealand, and to tell a similar story, it was the Chiefs. Um... With barcode at the time, 
But as we've come to find out later on throughout the year, Barcode was no longer on that roster, gets picked up by G2. We'll talk about that later. Either way, the Chiefs were the best team in that region, again, hands down. Okay? We thought that Divine Mind would be starting to make a step forward, try to compete with them a little bit more, but still it was always the Chiefs in that region. Moving back to a global scale, we had the last major of the year in Orlando, and then, of course, we had Worlds as well. In Orlando, after the major roster mania that shook the world took place, and we'll go through those rosters right after this, but after all the rosters were finished, these were the rosters that would have to go to Worlds if you qualified. This was it. And Optic Gaming finally hit their stride. They win Orlando. Again, Cloud9 getting second. FaZe this time with their massive roster change taking third. Sentinels taking fourth. E United in the fifth, sixth spot. Okay? And then we had Worlds. And we already know that Optic Gaming won Worlds. But again, Cloud9 taking second. So that, again, we talked about it last week, but it proves. Cloud9 throughout the entire year, had never placed outside of the top two. Even after their roster changes. Even after their roster change. Never placed outside the top two. Now, when they made it to the grand finals, the story was a little bit different, right? They had the, they had the amazing uh, first bracket run in Worlds, but then the bracket reset happened and they just reverted back to what they had been doing in the grand finals for the past couple events, which is for lack of a better term crumble. But Hey, the fact of the matter is they've made it there every single time. And that in and of itself deserves praise because we've never, we haven't seen that. Like I it's, we haven't seen something like that since the old school days. Like they've, they've always been there. And I'm not talking about winning. Like we're not talking about where Sentinels always won or splice won when they were at the top, blah, blah, blah. But, like, no. Cloud9 making it every single major event this year to grand finals in year one is awesome to see. Then one of the bigger stories that happened at Worlds was Native Red being where they were. I don't think anybody saw this happening. Um, My bracket was chalked well before this ever took place. Like, let's be real. But Native Red, XKCP, making an absolutely phenomenal run. Like cloud nine had the best Cinderella run and losers. Like I think I've ever seen, but native red dropping cloud nine to losers, dropping phase to losers. Insane. Yeah. Never expected. No, it was absolutely insane. And so they, I, I hope, I really hope that they, just continue to improve because seeing more competition at the top is going to be insane and it's going to be wonderful. Sentinels getting their worst placing of all time at a land environment at a major land tournament, their worst placing of all time as a roster insane. Never seen that before phase taking forth when I thought they were going to make it to the grand finals, but they didn't. It's just what, Unbelievable storylines to see there. And then E United getting dropped out with a top eight finish. Like that's or Health Fanatic making it to top eight. Don't think anybody saw that happening either. Just 
remarkable. Is there anything you want to talk about with the tournaments that took place? Will, your thoughts? And, um, yeah, looking at, you know, EU United at a major tournament did not place outside of the top. Well, they, they just like, it was just a decline throughout the season, right? Mm-hmm. First three tournaments, including Anaheim, was second, third, fourth. Orlando comes around, they get fifth, sixth, and then world seventh, eighth. They just, I was expecting more from them at worlds, honestly. Same here. And from phase and native red really came in and stole the show. I don't know if teams weren't prepared for them. What they did, they didn't hold them as high of esteem. So they went, you know, they weren't prepared. They, it's like, you don't ever want to take any team too easy. And it seems like native red just had the key there. Or fucking, I mean, we just take it a step further. G1 and G2 getting eliminated so quickly in worlds. They literally play two series, one yeah. upper, one loser, to get eliminated from the tournament just like that. Insane. Insane. The G1 makes the move to pick up Boo Boo, right? They're like, okay, we kept expectations in mind. Like, they're not, like, we're not, we're not talking top four right now. But just, we expected them to make top eight, top six. Yeah, I mean, the talent Boo Boo has and the way he elevated that team after he got there, you thought something might have happened. Yeah, but it just didn't happen. Just it, didn't. Uh, Oxygen Esports, um, picking up Collect there when they needed their fourth and making a run themselves, taking top six at Worlds. Just, Worlds was just the storyline central for how that oh, tournament yeah. just worked out. It was insane. Yeah, Um I'm curious to see, you know, we, we had a lot of, I mean, we'll talk about it shortly, the roster changes. I'm curious at what these teams are going to do because everyone wants to be in that top spot. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty hard, pretty high bar set with where Optic was at the end of the year. Oh, you know, yeah. It took them a little bit to get their footing, even a roster change, and they, they look unstoppable right now. They do. I'm just hoping for that we don't have a sophomore slump. Uh, that's all I'm, that's all I'm hoping for but we'll talk about that in a second all right but first we should talk about again the biggest roster moves that happened during the first year of infinite H yeah so these I just listed these as what I thought were the biggest ones obviously a lot more roster changes happened but uh, I think these were the most notable so first up probably the one that shocked really everyone was uh pistola being benched for formal on optic gaming um I even said it, right? They, what, they got second at Anaheim? Anaheim, yep. And I thought to myself, okay, they got second at Anaheim. They're just going to continue to progress. They're going to continue to get better, and that's going to be the way it is. And then, no. Right after that, they they make the switch, and I just honestly was not expecting that. Um, no, I think I think a lot of people were shocked that it was Pistola. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the guy's been around for so long. He's obviously got skill. Yeah. Um, I was a little bummed, to be honest, that he didn't wind up playing on another team or finding a spot because he's just a staple, you know? He is. He's, with Halo, He's he should be there. So it was a big move. Uh, shocked a lot of people. I mean, you, you never saw it coming. No. You were mad. I was because I, I genuinely thought when I saw the second place at Anaheim, I said it on the show multiple times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, they can take this as a learning. Uh, they can take this as 
a learning experience, and they can take this as confidence moving forward because they literally made top six at Raleigh. Yeah. Now, Raleigh happened right after the game came out. Okay. Yeah. So, like, let's keep things into perspective here. They, like, that happened right after the game came out. Um, I think that's why people were so surprised by United making it as far as they did at Raleigh because I don't think anybody was expecting that. Uh, so Optic Gaming taking top, top six there, then taking second at Anaheim. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is where I kind of expected them to be. I wasn't expecting them to win right away, but like I was expecting to make progress and they did. And then the announcement happened and I, I, you're right. I was mad. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? But jokes on me because the end of the year, clearly it showed. Yeah. And as we, this isn't meant to detract from what I know, what formal can do. Because I know what formal can do. I knew what formal could do before like the roster change, right? Formal is one of the greatest console FPS players of all time. I should say, I should rephrase that. Formal is one of the best controller FPS players of all time. Okay. Plain and simple. We knew what he can bring to the table. It's just, they, because they announced the rosters ahead of time like before the game had come out, you know, and yeah. we're all like, Oh my God, this roster seems fucking amazing the way it already was. And, but then when you bring formal in and you really sit back and you think about it, you're like, okay, you bring one of the greatest leaders period. You bring it. One of the greatest comms individuals period. Yeah. And you bring in one of the best shots period. And you put that on a roster that already has established talent. And you, I mean, wins are expected. And yes, it took them a little while to catch their stride, but as soon as they caught their stride, holy guacamole, because that was the thing, right? When Kansas city happened and they got third, that event. Yeah. And I even talked about it on the show. They took a step back, you know? And we're like, what the fuck was that performance? They didn't play well at all. They really didn't. I mean, well, yeah, once they got up, you know, losers, finals, and... Did they make winners finals? I'm forgetting how that went. I but, think they had to fight through losers. I could be mistaken, though. Anyway, um... Either way. either Yeah, it was, they struggled a little bit more than you expected them to. Yes. And um, looking back at it, you know, everyone, all eyes were on formal for that tournament, right? Yes. He was the newcomer to the team. Yep. And, and he had just played for Sentinels prior. Right. But even so, anytime there's a new player on a team, it takes, it takes some time to get up and running. Sure. Absolutely. And the thing is, too, is that they owned up their mistakes. They did. And they knew that they weren't playing to their potential. But I'm going to say this. I don't think we get the type of optic we had at Orlando and Worlds without that crushing loss at Kansas City. I can see that. I think what, what they did in Kansas City put that drive, that want, that need to perform into them, and they just put the pedal to the metal. 
I can definitely see that for sure. And uh, so in the new episode of, um, in the new episode of the optic podcast, which is in the community creation segment of this show, we'll talk about it later. Uh, formal talked about what happened in at worlds and that, and that first best of seven. And he talked about how C9 were just red hot because they were making an unbelievable losers bracket run. They were ready to go. But as soon as that bracket reset happened, formal said it. Now, granted, like hindsight's 2020, you know, like you won the event. So clearly you're going to yeah. feel great. But he did say that he knew, I'm paraphrasing here, but like he knew that if they just played their game, they were going to win no matter what. Like there, there was no doubt in their mind that they were going to win that event. Um, and after that, after that bracket reset, they proved, they definitely proved it. Uncle Pumpy, welcome back. Says played Fnatic in the trolley four before, and man, I have huge respect for that team. I think everybody has a lot more respect for that team, um, especially after the world's performance. A thousand percent, I definitely do. That's for sure. Um, because they were the, the, that organization was real. Like I'm not to sugarcoat it, they were a laughing stock of the HCS. Well, yeah, they. What they were waiting for a team to pick up at the beginning of the year. Oh, this was, I will never forget. I will never forget what I think it was the coach that said in that interview or whatever the, whoever the fuck it was at Raleigh. It was a pre-recorded interview and it was shown to the people in the venue. Maybe it was on the broadcast as well, but the guy said, we truly believe that we can field a team of top free agents. And I'm like, you're fucking out of your mind if you think you're going to do that. Because there's no one left. Yeah. And then and then they pick up a roster and they're they they they're they suck. They they just plain suck. And then they make roster moves, they still suck. They make roster moves, they still suck. And then man, Worlds was an eye opener. Worlds was an absolute eye-opener for myself, for so many other people watching them. Just a great run, a great run. So obviously I hope they do better in year two, but they were the laughing stock of the HCS at the beginning of the year and midway through the year and towards the end of the year. So good for them. Good for them. Other major roster moves that happened during the first year. Cloud nine. This was the second biggest one in my opinion. Now, I don't know. I, I put traded, but I don't know if trades the right word to use here. So please correct me if I'm wrong, but I just put renegade traded to phase for bound. Yeah. I don't think it was meant to be a trade. Yeah. But it's just the way things shook out. Yeah, it just felt like it. But either way, Renegade goes to phase. Um, Bound goes to Cloud9. And then the question was, okay, A, who made the better decision? Mm -hmm. And B, will Bound fit that role? Will, will Not fit that role because we already know he can fit that role. Will Bound fill those shoes? Because Renegade leaves some big ass shoes to fill. Like he he is him and Lucid are are talked about as arguably the best players in the game. Yeah. And when you have Bound coming in on his rookie season, 
never playing on land before on a top tier organization. I think people forget that a lot. I think so too. I think so too. That, that was a huge storyline that took place. Yeah. But then again, cloud nine making it to the grand final, every single major tournament of the year, even after bound got picked up. And if anything, Bound popped the fuck off at Worlds, that's for sure. Yes, he did. So, what an unbelievable roster move that was. And then the question started started being raised, right? Like, was there inner turmoil on the team? Why did Renegade want to leave such an established roster? Literally spliced without Shotzi. Why would right. Renegade want to leave that? Especially after you win. That's probably the biggest part. You had been winning. Right. But you left anyway. You wanted out anyway. And then we come to find out, and I think we talked about it on whatever episode that was, that it was about work ethic is what it sounded yeah, like. He was he was hungry, right? He mm-hmm. wanted to keep working nonstop, it sounded like, and the team wasn't gelling with that. Right. He wanted to play with players who had the same drive as he did. The same want to win as he did. And I'm not saying that the other players didn't because clearly, I mean, they fucking made it as far as they did every single time. So clearly I imagine they wanted to win, but who knows? Maybe it was, maybe things were lackadaisical in scrims practice, whatever it may be. I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for that. I'm not trying to put words in people's mouths. So I don't know your opinion here. Yeah. Who, who did get the benefit out of this trade? Oh, bound 1,000%. Right, right now. Right now bound. Because let's talk about FaZe. So Boo Dubu got released and eventually signs to G1. Okay? Boo Dubu, as we come to find out, he basically had the pick of the litter when it came to where he wanted to go based off the offers he was given. And uh, it seems like he just gelled with everyone on G1 more. And he likes what they do, so he signs with them. Bound, again, I put traded, not necessarily a trade, but Bound goes to C9 for Renegade. So now Renegade is on the roster. Spartan gets released from United and eventually signs to phase, and then King Nick is released from United and eventually signs to phase as well. So we have King Nick, Spartan, Falcated, and Renegade. I say right now, as in bound one won the uh roster mania yeah right because of how far they've gotten so consistently but there's a there is a reason why i had phase making it to grand finals and worlds because they proved and i was i was totally anybody can go back and listen i was totally on the side of oh this does not seem like a good idea you have Four incredibly dominant slayers. This is when Snipedown was on the team, by the way. You have four incredibly dominant slayers on the team. Who's going to play objective? Who's going to be the leader on the team? I don't see this working at all. And then, then was it, oh my God, what was it? Was it the Grunt Classic or it was some tournament happened and 
Then we had the whole snipe down situation. And apparently he's not happy. So then they could bring King Nick in. And while I still have some of the same reservations, a tournament happens. And I forget exactly which one it was. But it opened my eyes. And I was done being all negative Nancy to them. Because you know what? I thought about it and I'm like, why the fuck am I not giving them a chance? Just because I just because sometimes I don't like how Spartan carries himself on Twitter. Is that really what I'm gonna attribute this to? They have unbelievable talent on that roster. Why am I counting them out right away? Is it because they're so Slayer dominant? So when that tournament happened, I finally opened my eyes and I'm like, you know what? Okay. Okay, FaZe, I see you. Okay, let's go. Let's go. FaZe Country, let's ride. Did you get that reference? Bronco Country. Yeah! Yeah, Russell Wilson being a shitter. Uh. So, uh, shout out my fantasy team. Um, that I'm not even paying attention to. So, something happened at that tournament. They either play swell or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm done downing them now. I'm done. And... We saw what they did at Orlando, and I'm like, you know what? I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna take even an even bigger step forward, because that roster with more practice scares me. That's just it. The I think. Um, I think they do need more practice. I'm curious because I don't know what Renegade's contract looks like, and right, he the rumor mill. Mm-hmm. Produced that he originally wanted to land on Sentinels, yeah. And when that didn't happen, Cloud Nine was like, "No, you're not coming back." He ended up on Phase, somewhere he didn't want to be in the first place, right? And then from what we heard after the fact, it sounds like he really does like being there, or did want to go there, whatever it was. Yeah, he he's. I think he's. What was the statement he said? Like, uh, this is this this favorite roster he's been a part of, or something like that. I, for, I forgot. I don't, the, I don't remember either. I forgot the statement that came out of his mouth, but he was. It's. It sounded like he was thrilled to be a part of that squad well, and was excited about things to come. Well, that's a, the point I was going to make is that he he you know he did originally didn't want to be on phase, but he wanted players with work ethic. Right. Allegedly, didn't want to be on phase. Ale- allegedly, yes, because we don't know. We don't know. Um, but then you have Spartan, who always is grinding, wanting to learn and get better. Yes. His duo, King Nick, which I'm assuming if they're that close, they must work that well together and have the same kind of drive. Oh, yeah. And then you have Falcated, who is... The unsung hero of the roster. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't know what his... I don't know him that well. I don't know his personality, what he his work ethic is like, but if he's gelling with that team and it works, then it works. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, Renegade stays on phase. That's my question for that roster right now. And we're, like, we're also speaking in the sense that everybody's sticking together, right? Yeah. So, well, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Maddie Matthias, thank you for the follow. Welcome to the live show. Well, she says, there seem to be a few uh, few enough occasions overall where both Sparty and Renegade were in the groove at the same time over the past couple of tourneys. Absolutely. And th- so that, again, looping back to the question that you, that you posed, Will. Sure. Who won that roster mania situation? And again, I say that as of right now, Cloud9 wins or bound wins, but I'm still keeping it where if this phase roster sticks together, if they stick together and they continue to work and work and work, then it might just be Renegade that comes out on top in the long run. 
we know how much Spartan wants this shit. Yeah. And we know how much Renegade wants this shit, especially after the move. And yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm done doubting them. I was done doubting them a while ago and I'm excited to see what they do in the future. Yeah. Face was huge that the whole roster shenanigans were huge there because that, that roster, they, they weren't doing when they were the original squad, right. With boo-boo and snipe. Yep. Um, they weren't performing at all. They weren't performing to where anybody thought they were going to. And then you have all these things come out of like, this inner turmoil within the roster. Um, Again, everything that you just hear around the internet, right? Not coming directly from the players' mouths. And I, I hope the players are happy now. I just really do. Yeah, for sure. Speaking about uh, inner turmoil within rosters, Ooh. United. So Spartan was benched. And, well, let me correct myself. Spartan benched himself. And that's in one of the biggest controversies during the first year we'll talk about shortly. So Spartan benched himself and then was released thereafter. King Nick was released. They signed Suspector after Xset dropped their entire roster. And they acquired Snipedown on loan from FaZe for Orlando and Worlds. Um, Uncle Pumpy says Cloud9 wins and it's going to be super scary if they get that uh, the team turned up like in the finals. I don't see FaZe being that uh, top three team, but I hope they prove me wrong. And Uncle Pumpy, that's the thing is that maybe not right now they're a top three team. But like I said, in my predictions, and I know they're always wrong, but like in my predictions, that's why I had them in the grand finals at Worlds because I really just thought they were going to take another step forward. Just uh, change out the Mangler for the sidekick and then Spartan's going to become unstoppable. Oh my God. (laughs) Renegade my ass. It's Spartan God. That's what's going to happen. Holy moly. Um, So yeah, United had a lot of turmoil themselves. That. We, I mean, hell, when the fucking roster was announced for the first time, we thought to ourselves, wait, didn't Ryan Noob and Spartan hate each other? Yeah. It, right? Like, what the fuck is that? And then they get second at Raleigh, and we're like, okay, maybe this can work. And then eventually it was like, oh, nope, this can't work. Got it. Don't know why the fuck this is happening anymore. Our assumptions were correct. Um. So... It's yeah, it's just fucking crazy. All that shit happened within that roster. They never really regained from it. Um, but then at the same time, they never really had a fourth solidified. So I can't really blame them, but that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Here's hoping that uh year two will bring them better fortune. G2. Uh, this was a, uh, one of the worst kept secrets, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. But it is now finally official. Uh, they signed Barcode from the Australia-New Zealand region. Again, Barcode, one of the best, probably the best Australia-New Zealand player in the world, um, or in that region, I guess, in relativity to the world. And formerly of the Chiefs, which were the absolutely dominant team in that region. And yeah, he's officially signed to G2. Um, and we'll have to wait and see if that carries on into year two. But... Really big move. Really, really big move. Something that you don't necessarily see all the time. Right. The last time we saw a major international talent come stateside was probably tapping buttons with evil geniuses back in the early Halo 5 days. So, 
really cool to see. Yeah. Really agree. cool to see. SSG, which I won't dwell on because I've done that many episodes in the past, but they also had plenty of roster shenanigans that happened over the year to the point where they just basically dropped their entire roster and they signed the former Pittsburgh Knights roster. Um, and for those who don't recall, Pittsburgh Knights were the best Mexican or Latin American team in the world relative, relative to the world. I mean, and yeah, SSG signed them all. So there's that. And now has since released Atso, but that's besides the point. And then I should, I should have put this down. I mean, we still can, but like in one of the biggest controversies, but the HCS partnership program, because the Kansas city pioneers, the, the top six consistent team, they, the Kansas city pioneers leave the HCS after they were denied partnership. And uh, they threw a hissy fit on the way out. And in their place, Native Gaming steps in, and we're like, hey, we'll sign you guys. Roster intact. And they did. And they took fucking third place at Worlds. (laughs) I still can't. My brain is like, what the fuck? You know? Unbelievable. Are you putting it down? Oh, oh, ooh, good one. I freaking see. This is what happens when I tried to do show notes the day, you know, of the show. <laughs> so make I, it work. I forget things. I forget things. But yeah, KCP, now Native Gaming. I'm glad to see that that roster is still together uh, as of right now. And how well they performed at Worlds. It's just going to be exciting to see what they do in year two if they stick together. Because clearly they are like a family. Um, oh, excuse me. Was it? Manny came over to E United for a short time. I think it was Manny. Rami went. No, Manny. Manny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Yep. Manny came over to E United for a short time, then eventually goes back to what is now Native Gaming. And so the their full roster is back intact. They make they get third place at Worlds. I think they're just riding on Cloud Nine right now. And uh not literally. Wow, that was that was a <laughs> poor choice of puns. Unintended puns. Given the third at Worlds for Native, where does Mickwin fit in there? Uh, that's the thing, is that the Native has two rosters, technically speaking. They have Native Red and Native Black. So, Welchie, to answer your question, Mickwin could very well form a team under Native Black, and Native Red stays there. Um, the, the thing I'm worried about is paying two full rosters. Sure. And I, to, to add to that, I was just going to take it there, is that what they could do is Mickwin has said that he's playing for native. That's a known established thing. Um, what native could do if they don't want to pay for two rosters is they could sell that now native gaming red roster to somewhere else. Um, because if I were them and I'm not a manager, I'm not a, I'm not a GM or anything like that, but if I were them, I would not want to split them up. Yeah. Like I Mickwin, I love you, but I wouldn't want to take somebody off that native red roster to insert Mickwin into. Um I would rather a team be built around Mickwin. And if that means not being able to have two rosters for native gaming, then I would say for 
Native Gaming Red to then be sold to another organization who can take them on as a unit. That's personal opinion. But if they are able to field both rosters, more power to them. And that'd be fucking awesome. So, with the rosters, with the roster mania from year one in the past, let's talk about the biggest controversies during the first year of the HCS, or infinite HCS, if you will. First up, right out the gates. Right out the gate. This is literally the first thing that happened, if you it think was, about it. It was. It was. We have the Router 2 situation, uh, Royal 2 geofiltering, as a matter of fact, which, yeah. So this was fun. Um, so for all intents and purposes, to, to kind of distill this down, Royal 2 was geofiltering. Um, wasn't it like at first unbeknownst to him? Like, did he lie about it? That's what he said. Like he said, I'm not cheating in any way. He came out, but then according to the rule book, geo filtering is against the rules. Yes. So he did technically break a rule. He was, I, I think he was fined for it as well. I think. I don't know about the fine. I don't remember that, but he was suspended for. Okay, maybe he wasn't fine then. I, I could be completely wrong here. It's been so long. It's in the past. Like literally at the beginning of the season. Um, so yeah, that happened. He was unable to compete because he was suspended. Therefore, formal came in. Uh, they, and for, oh my God, this is bringing back memories. Formal was supposed to play on Space Station. Remember yes, that whole fucking yeah. thing? Formal was supposed to play on Space Station, and then Sentinels rang him up. We're like, hey, man, you fucking down? Because Sentinels said that they weren't even going to go. That's right. Because Royal 2 gets suspended, and they're like, and I, I think it was during Stinkbite Stream or something like that when the news came out, because, oh, my God, that's right. They weren't even notified until the, until the post came out. They weren't notified ahead of time. That he was suspended, yeah. Yeah. So the fucking post comes out on Waypoint and they read it aloud on stream. And one of them said, like, I don't even think we're going to go anymore. Like, to be told, that's a fucking kerfuffle on the HCS side. To not even notify them ahead of time was a fucking nightmare. And then um, following that, Lethal and Royal One were fined. For their comments yes, following. That's it. That, there, that's where the fines came in. Yes. Yeah. Because Royal one defending his brother, Royal two, and then lethal. I mean, lethal's just a troll online anyway, but regardless that, I mean, all this shit happened. So yeah, Royal two gets suspended. They ring a ling a ding a ling formal up and we're like, Hey man. So we were thinking we weren't going to go, but Hey, if you go, we'll go and we'll all go together. And he's like, this says, yeah, fuck that thing. Yeah, I'm with you guys. That sounds great. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> he didn't have a contract with SSG. There was nothing signed. No. It was just kind of like, yeah, I'll go play. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, not, get some name to ink next time, I guess. Seriously. It, oh, my God. What a fucking crazy situation that was. I totally, like, now it's all flooding back. Like, oh, my God, that's right. All the shit storm. So the router two situation, that was one of the biggest controversies that happened during year one. Um, and Hey, 
you know what happens when Royal two comes back and he's angry Well, they win Kansas city. So there's that. Yes. Speaking of Raleigh though, the PCs to series X dev kits debacle. So for those unaware, there is an AMD partnership with the HCS and AMD is what powers the PCs that are used on main stage and the feature stations as well. And this was the first infinite LAN event was Raleigh, North Carolina and new game, uh, new platform being played on PCs. There are bound to be some hiccups along the way, but when I think hiccup, I think, oh, maybe the game crashed once or twice, whatever, what have you, right? whoop de doo yeah. It's all good. Hop back in. Bob's your uncle, and you move on. But, no, what we're really talking about is, like, two to three hour stoppages completely preventing play from continuing. And I think it's on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, you remember. I do remember. Yeah. And then the question was, well, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Because if it's Saturday and Sunday cannot run like this because we'll be here till Tuesday, yeah. you know? Right. So they, what they did was that night or that, uh, or the Saturday morning or whatever, they replaced all the PCs on main stage with Xbox series X dev kits, which, and again, to keep things in, uh, in mind here, the Series X and the PlayStation 5 had recently come out. Okay? Yeah. To a point where traditional Series X consoles that you buy from a, a traditional store were not available. So all the open stations had dev kits. They didn't have traditional Series X hardware. So they had to bring in dev kits, swapped out the PCs for dev kits on main stage, and that's how the tournament continued. And then there was this huge story that came out. Well, what's going to happen now? Are players going to be expected to play on Series X consoles? Are players going to be expected to play on PCs? Um, what's going to happen with this AMD partnership? Are they going to be really upset that you did that? Are there going to be repercussions around those lines? What's going to happen here? Because from a pro player perspective, right? Now, you and I, I don't know about you, but like me personally... I don't really tell the difference. I mean, yes, the game runs, um, the game looks better on a high end PC than on a series X. Yeah. Um, but if I'm just playing with a controller, uh, I'm, I, this is going to sound heinous, but like, I'm not necessarily seeing the difference between 60 and 120 FPS personally. I know I'm just not. Okay. I'm just not. And this is playing both okay. on, uh, PC and series X like switching back and forth between 60 and 120 FPS, like locking frame rates, so on and so forth. I just don't, I don't fucking, I don't care. Okay. But either way, there is talk about like increased input delay. If you have free sync enabled, um, there's just a lot, of, there, there are differences between the two. So the pro players are wondering what the fuck are we doing here? Are we playing on PC or are we not playing on PC for the next event? We need to know what we're going to practice on. So that was a debacle, but they got it figured out because yeah. it's on PCs. We still had disconnects, but Hey, they weren't three hours long. That's true. They weren't three hours long. What's up Briggs? Welcome back. Enjoy your poop. 
those listening to the show are not going to have any references to what the fuck that was, but that's okay. Spartan's fine. The, the fine that ended with him benching himself. Yeah. On a United. To be honest, I remember the fine. I don't remember what it was for. Oh, it was his tweets. His tweets. Well, yeah, yeah I don't remember what he said in his tweets. Uh, we don't need to go rehash it. That's fine. Yeah. I will do my own research. As I say, they, might, they may or may not be deleted. But regardless, Spartan got fined. And there was a big uproar. And then he's like, fuck it. I'm benching myself because he, I, I don't know if he didn't like how the organization was being run. Um, clearly him and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah, I think it was him and Burns were getting into it on Twitter or something. Um, I could be wrong, though. But it's so it, it's it, yeah, it just put it down as Spartans fine situation because that was a that was a controversy as well. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen. We haven't really seen fines in the HCS, you know? So to see Royal One, Lethal, Spartan, the HCS actually cracking down on things. Do you think um, there was a lot of hurt? Like players were more worried about it than needed to be after what we've seen done in Call of Duty. Yes. Uh, now, Call of Duty being a franchise league, that to me has more weight behind it. Yes. I'm I'm all for the HCS sticking to their guns and sticking to the code of conduct. I think that's phenomenal. Yes. I think that's great, and that should be commended. Um, and it's and it's great that they have all this detail. They have all this written down. And uh, anybody can go find it as well, which is great. It's public information. The other thing is, is that with the Call of Duty side of things, right, it's that I'm thinking... Th- in my opinion, I think Call of Duties is taken to a too much of an extreme. To the point where you have Scump on like uh the Optic Podcast or whatever it is, and him saying that, oh no, I can't. I don't want to get fined. Yeah. Like he he literally can't give his straight up opinion on the game with, with without fear of getting fined. And that that's not acceptable. Like that is a step way too fucking far. Right. Like I'm guaranteed. No, I don't know. Okay. I gar- I guarantee is like, I'm saying this as I know. Um, I can't guarantee this, but in my opinion, if you play for the NFL, right. Or you play for the NHL or the MLB or any other professional sports league. Can you not speak negatively about what's happening in the league? Can you not speak out on things? I like, I would I assume know. you can. As long as you're not, like, shit-talking somebody, you know? Right. And you're not being an absolute detriment to the to your organization that you work for or you work under. Or, yeah, yeah I, would, I would assume you can speak on what's happening in your sport and not get fined for it. Like the fact that a Call of Duty professional player, what's up, uh, what's up, Ben? The fact that a professional Call of Duty player can't speak critically, not I'm not saying negatively, but critically with yeah. negative connotation. They can't speak critically, critically about the game that they're playing blows my fucking mind. 
without the fear of being fined. That blows my mind. Like, let's say, for instance, I mean, this was so long ago, right? This was so long ago. But when they changed, like, the overtime rules for the NFL, like, however fucking many years ago that was. Yeah. You think players were upset? Some of them? Maybe. Right. I wouldn't expect them to get fined if they came out and said, I don't like this. You know? I don't like how this is being done. But the thing is, you don't hear anybody saying that. So maybe there is things in maybe. place. And they just abide by it. Maybe. But even, but even, like, this is why I think that people were taking the HCS stuff way too, like, out of line. I don't think that the fines were out of line. I think people's perception of it were, was out of line. Agreed. Because when you look at it, right, the HCS are coming out and they're saying, the HCS are coming out and they're saying, we're not going to fine you for criticizing our game. Go ahead. We don't care if you criticize the game. It's how you go about it. Right. And it's how you carry yourself because by carrying yourself in a certain way, that is also reflecting back on the league. Yes. So there's that. Welchie, uh, they all take the Marshawn approach. See, okay, maybe that's me realizing like the Marshawn Lynch stuff. I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm yeah. just here so I don't get fined. But, but Welchie, that's from him showing up at press conferences, right? That's him showing up to interviews for the media. Can he not, can they still not talk critically about the game, the sport that they're playing? Because I get the whole Marshawn thing. He's only showing up to those things so he doesn't get fined. Like, I get that and I respect that. And it's funny. It sucks that he has to, but it's funny, you know, whatever. Um, contract. I, I'm guaranteed. I think it was in his, like, I think it's in their contract that they have to show up to media days or uh, they have to show up to press conferences or whatever. And so when he says, I'm just here so I don't get fined, I think it's in his contract to be like, Hey, you have to be here. You don't have to talk, but you have to be here. So again, this is not, I'm not a professional. I do not know if that's the case. It's just an assumption based off what I see. Right. See, I don't blame the HCS for finding the way that they are. I think their fines were justified. Um, were they egregious? I can't say because I don't know, A, how much the players make, and B, what is typical for an amount. But I can say that I feel the fines were justified based off of what was said. And they've also said that they're not going to find you for criticizing the game. They don't care if you criticize the game because they they hear that feedback. From the, fee from the people at... HCS and 343 that I talked to at Worlds. They guys, I say it all the time on the show. They listen to all of the feedback that you give. Positive, negative, whatever. They listen to it all. They gather it all. I promise you they do. You can think they don't, and that's fine. That's you keep that mindset. You do you. But they do listen, they do pay attention, and they try to act on it as much as they possibly can. Obviously, things get in the way. It is what it is. It's the nature of the world. But they do hear you, and they do take note of it. I promise. Liter literally saw the notes on a phone myself. Like, literally saw notes on a phone of feedback that had been received. I promise you they pay attention. Even if you think they don't, I promise saw literal proof Briggs. Fuck you. Um, so yeah, the, the fine situation. I want to talk about that. 
Are you finding anything, Will? Not yet. The only, like... The only rules, official source rules I'm following or finding, sorry, I was reading, um, are the actual like game day rule book, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing about like player. um, A code of conduct. A code of conduct. It's just the rules of of the game. Right. Right. And that's fine. Maybe the code of conduct isn't public. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. For the NFL. Um. Next up, I have listed here the countless technical issues presented during events. Now, hopefully with the game being consistently patched on PC, the game being continually worked on, we have less and less of these issues being presented. But if I'm going to if I'm going to give praise where praise is due, I'm going to give criticism where criticism is due. And we already know that They all know this and the HCS team in and of itself isn't necessarily to blame for these happening because like it's a development thing. The HCS doesn't develop the game, but regardless the amount of technical issues that had been happening, every single major LAN event is exhausting. Like disconnect after disconnect after disconnect on a land environment. It's just oofta. If I was to ever use a perfect Minnesota phrase, oofta would be how I would explain that. So again, hopefully things get better over time, but it happened at every single event. Raleigh obviously being the worst because it was the first one, but it happened at every single major event. Young's, I don't know. I don't think they do, Young's. I don't think they do. Also, welcome to the live show and thank you for the follow. Greatly appreciated. But no, I don't think they do. I could be wrong, though. Blue Skadoo, and you can too with the follow. Thank you so much. I love the Blue Skadoo's oh, oh, reference. Hell yes, my man. Welcome to the live show. And then, Will, you added this to the end here, and I'm sorry I missed this. Yeah. The GAs. I think it was a pretty big thing that had, you know, popped up at the end here. Yes, it was. So let's run through. Let's run through the GAs that happened. Uh, Young's, I'm not going to comment on that because I'm not going to fucking speculate on drug use, and that's terrible. Um, So GAs, let's talk about what they were. First uh, First up was the Mangler, the Mangly Dangly, as a matter of fact. Yep. And then the Mangly Dangly. The melee of the Mangly Dangly got nerfed uh, to the point where it took two melees instead of one. Instead of a one-shot melee, it'd be a one-shot two melee. But it wasn't just a nerf to the Mangly Dangly. No, it was a nerf to all melee damage across the board. Go ahead. Oh, you found it. It's the 2018 personal conduct policy was... In the NFL. In the NFL. Okay. Okay, we're going to loop back. To fines. I don't know about fines, but it says prohibited conduct includes, but is not limited to the following. It goes through a bunch of stuff, you know, violent behavior, threatening, illegal possession of gun, stalking, harassment, all that stuff. But at the bottom here, conduct that undermines or puts at risk the integrity of the NFL, NFL clubs or NFL personnel. 
Okay, so that's a very vague statement. So it is. Um, it sounds like I also found a graphic that is like how the process works for the NFL. Okay. So if it's a criminal thing, obviously criminal proceedings have to start. But for all the conduct, it's more like it's reviewed by this committee. Goodell pu- pushes out the punishment, and then it goes from there. So, okay. again, it's kind of like the HCS where it, the if there is something that undermines the integrity of the NFL, it can be reviewed and punished. Okay. It, it, I mean, it's in the code of conduct. Though, okay. So, But whether or not it's criticism of the league or the game being played, that's yet to be known. Um, I, I guess. I'm just going to assume this makes an ass out of me. I'm not going to say you because you're not saying this. I am. I'm going to assume that you can criticize it. Respectfully criticize the league. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say you can respectfully criticize the game that you were playing. Not necessarily the league. Not necessarily NFL. But like the game of football. That's what I'd say. Without being fined. I could be wrong, but that's what I'm going to say. But regardless, HCS doesn't care. You can criticize the game. Just don't be an asshole. It's basically as simple as it gets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the GAs. So the Mangly Dangly. Then the nerf came for the melee. It was still GA'd. GA being gen- gentleman's agreement for those who don't understand. It's a, there is a gentleman's agreement that a weapon or thing will not be used in a competitive aspect of the title. So in a tournament format, the gentleman's agreement for the mangler would be nobody picks it up. Nobody shoots it. Okay. It just stays on its weapon rack. That's it. So the mangler is the first one after the nerf still there. Nobody's using it. Then came the sword. And this was a, this is one that I am thankful for because of the lack of counter to it. And the counters that exist being so close relative spawn to the sword itself. Like the thing that always pops in my mind is recharge the repulsor spawning basically right next to the sword. There's your main counter right there. Done. Okay. Um, the other thing is you can't melee trade with it. Uh, which on one hand, I kind of understand. On the other hand, I wish you fucking could. Like, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fucking bonkers that if a guy is literally one shot, like one bullet away from death and he hits you first with the sword while you're meleeing him, he won't die, but you will. I think that's fucking stupid. And it doesn't happen every time. Sometimes the game gets fucky and decides that, all right, here you go. But no, like nine times out of 10 or 9.9 times out of 10, your ass is getting killed first. And the sword player is going to run off and be like, do do So there's that. Then after the sword, we had drop weapon, probably the most controversial GA because of how hard it would be to validate. So the drop weapon mechanic for those who do not know is newly introduced in infinite where now um, the intended mechanic is you hold down a button uh, your swap weapon button. So like it'd be Y in a general case, right? Yeah. And instead of pressing Y to switch your weapon that you have stored, you would hold down the Y button or whatever you have it bound to, and you would drop said weapon. 
Um, this could be used in a multitude of different scenarios, but realistically it's like, Hey, if I want to drop a weapon for a teammate, right. Or if I want to drop a weapon off a map, instead of having to die or swap it and run it down the map, whatever, you can just drop it right away. Okay. The reason why the drop weapon mechanic was GA'd is because it could be bound to a button press, not a button hold. So for example, uh, pros would map it to one of their paddles on the back of their controller or to one of the D-pad buttons to where you wouldn't have to hold down the button, but instead just press it once and you would immediately drop the weapon. And it makes it so it's, it's milliseconds faster to do that, to bring your BR back up and get that last shot or whatever you need to do, then it would be to swap the weapon and then shoot. Deeming it a semi-broken mechanic, therefore it being GA'd. Does that sound like yeah. what happened? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure I was setting the story right. Will, what were your thoughts on the GAs? You know, at first I was kind of opposed to them. They bugged me a little bit. They're in the game, learn and adapt. You know, you're all pros, but I get the comp the competitive integrity side, especially now trying to hop into some ranked and dudes are running around with swords or hiding around corners and hallways. And it's frustrating. It is. There's no real good counter to the sword. There's no, um, with the mangler, you know, it, it was precision across map. Right? Drop shields yeah. really quick. Oh, yeah. The one-shot melee was... Yeah, that's tough. Yep. And then the drop weapon thing, I don't see it enough in my own play. But I get it for the pros. It Again, just integrity of having a skill gap. Yes. So, I'm fine with them now. Okay. Okay. Uh, The mangler one... The Mangler one, the whole, like, I get it from an ammo standpoint because it spawns so quickly. They're like the, the justification for it still being G8. And we talked about this on a previous episode against a retrospective, everything that happened. The Mangler still being G8 is a result of yes, the melee nerf happened, but besides the point, it's still a, what a tier one or tier two weapon, tier one weapon. So it spawns every 30 seconds. Right. So the, the justification behind the GA was, well, if it's not GA'd, you potentially have a situation where like two, three, four of your players are running around with manglers if they're staying alive or whatever because of how quickly they spawn. And that's just added ammo on the field as well. So I get it. I get it. Sword, I'm still okay with. Um, until if they ever introduce a way to melee trade with a sword, I'm all for it bringing it back. But until that happens, fuck out of here with that. Um, and then uh, the, I think I would like to see the grapple and repulsor just swap swapped spots on recharge. Okay. Right. Sure. And then a, a melee trade as well. Because what else is sword on catalyst? Is the repulsor right below sword, and the grapplers on the other side as well? Because then you can just flip those and Something you have like some that. counters. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. Anyway. Either way, I just I just hate how there's not a way to melee trade with the sword. I think it's bonkers to me. Um, just based off damage output itself, but whatever. And then the drop weapon, the drop weapon is that, that was, and kind of still feels to me like the biggest, how are you going to regulate this? But at the same time, if people just don't have it bound to anything, then whatever, you know? 
is you can still drop your weapon if you hold down the swap weapon button. Right. It's just you need to hold it down. But it takes more time. It's not a simple press. Exactly. Instant. You're which firing is, your BR. Exactly. Which is meant to be the, in, like, I believe was meant to be the intended use case of it. Was you hold it down to, to drop it for a teammate or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily want to call it a, an exploit, if you will, of people binding it to a button press versus a button hold. But because it's in there. You know, right. and then I even talked about what if it's an accessibility thing instead of having to hold down the button, you can just tap it if you if you need an accessibility option for it, whatever. Um, elated dartboard. I would like to see them try out the new digital smoke screen equipment on recharge. Swap out grapple. Ooh. Oh, that could be good too. Yes, a lot of lot of good things to talk about as we lead into season three. That is season three of Infinite. That is year two of HCS. That is very confusing structure here. Um, is the start of HCS about four months away? No, the start of the HCS is in February. Uh, major number one. Well, actually, the space station event that they're doing, like the special Spartan showdown, I think is what it is for space station, marks the beginning of year two. And that I think is in January. That marks the beginning of year two. But February is when the major happens. And then um, March is when supposedly season three is supposed to release for infinite which includes the shroud screen or whatever the fuck it's called, which includes the bandit um, weapon. There you go. If everything goes according to plan, come on guys, we all know about roadmaps in infinite. Okay. Things don't typically line up the way they're supposed to. So who the fuck knows what's going to happen. But according to the roadmap, March is when season three is supposed to happen. And then February is when the major happens. January is when season is when year two of the HCS is supposed to begin. And then we have the preseason event, which is the Optic Invitational in December. So bish, bam, boom. Um, there was another question earlier on in the chat while we're on the topic of GAs. Uh, Blue Jay, welcome back, says, what do you guys think will be GA'd next? Hopefully nothing. Literally, hopefully nothing. I, I, I think everything is fine. Right now, I know that, like, I know we've seen pros say, oh, we want stalker rifle G8 or we want shock rifle G8 because the amount of ammo that you have. So shock rifle with the amount of ammo that you have and maybe both by how quickly they spawn. So, like, I know stalker was based off how quickly it spawned. Right. I mean, it's still a tier two weapon. Yeah. Like, so then cutting the ammo down could maybe benefit from that. Yes. And now with Forge coming out or the Forge beta releasing next month, that could be the big like, okay, now maybe we can cater things to the way that we want them. We being the pro players. So maybe there can be maybe a, a, a bigger open dialogue between the pro players and the HCS um, on working to get something more solidified. But the problem is, okay. Will, I think we're in agreement. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think we're in agreement that we want what the players want because the players are playing the game. To the, For the most part? To an extent. Okay. As long as it's reasonable. Okay. Because here's my concern, right? Remember, guys, uh, TMAG, thank you for the follow. Remember, we don't have a strictly HCS playlist in Infinite. Okay. 
the ranked playlist in Infinite, like the the core ranked playlist before they introduced doubles and whatever, the and FFA, the core ranked playlist are the HCS settings, right? As they exist today. So here's my worry. And I don't want to speak for them because I'm not them, them being the HCS. But my worry is that unless an HCS playlist is added to the game, like a ranked HCS playlist is added to the game, I'm worried that the players aren't going to be able to get the changes that they want. Because I, I feel as though, this is my opinion, I feel as though 343 wants continuity between the ranked playlist in the game and what's played competitively at events. That's what I'm worried about. But it's, an, it's, it's I don't know. I literally don't know. Maybe it's all sunshine and fucking rainbows and they get everything they want. But I don't think that's going to happen. So, but to answer your question again, Blue Jay, I hope that nothing else is GA'd. Will. No, I agree. All right. I'm, I'm a little worried about the smoke screen possibly being the, the smoke screen being a little overpowered. Sure. Because like, you know, we've seen things in, in Valorant, like one way smokes, right? You can essentially set that up like on the garage door on live fire rotating to B where you're going to be able to see players trying to move out of there, but they're not going to be able to see you standing out there. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's going to be uh, I think it's going to be really cool. Like I, I can tell you right now. Well, I bet this is how it's going to happen. The first five minutes of the season being out. Oh my God. This is so fucking cool. Like, yo, yeah. the plays that you can make with this literally five minutes after the season releases, one person's going to post on Twitter and be like, look what this can do. And it'll be an exploit of some kind. Yeah. And then the pros are going to be like, hey, use that shit now. Like that's that, you know, I don't fucking know, man. And Blue Jay, hopefully that answered your question. Like I know you didn't, you didn't, you didn't ask a question, but hopefully that your statement was what I was talking to regarding like the, the difference between like the ranked playlist and what pros want all that stuff. Um, Welty says without a player's union committee, whatever, there's a weird dynamic that will exist where it's essentially the top four or six teams sort of deciding these GAs and everyone else just having to go along with it to stay in the field, to stay in the fold. And Welty, you make a really good point because I don't know if like we agree that there should be a player's union um, just in general, like kind of in any esport, really a player's union could just help, Yeah, you know, make the player's voices be heard. The, we already know, Welchy, that there is a DM, like there's a group DM that exists with the top players of, of the top teams. That already exists. So, and I mean, what? It, it kind of felt like Spartan was spearheading the GA situation? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, which not like not a detriment to him. Like he wants for he wants competitive integrity in the game. So it's, ah, it sucks, man. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Any other 
quote unquote controversies you can think of that happened in the first year? No. Okay. I really can't either, but I think that you bringing up that GA one was great. Totally fucking just out of my <laughs> mind on that. And then we have, I have listed here what I believe are the biggest storylines during the first year of infinite HCS. So talked about these earlier as well, but just hitting on again here, cloud nine, not only winning events, but never placing outside top two in any major land event of the entire year. Crazy. Um, I, I'll, I'll include it here. I, I, I didn't put it here, but we'll include it in this. Like you mentioned, people forgetting bounds, rookie season. Yeah. Bounds rookie season. First time playing on land, getting signed to a top tier organization, technically two, one being phase, yeah. the other being cloud nine bound really solidifying himself. If there was ever, if there was a, like a, a rookie of the year award, he would easily win it. And just what a phenomenal first year out of a kid. Like, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so good for him. Sentinels winning KC when everyone counted them out, especially with the rumor mills flying for lethal. I sure as fuck it, didn't see him winning. It was a surprise, yeah. It was. An absolute surprise. But good for them. And with a sweep over Cloud9. Ascend, the Pittsburgh Knights, now SSG, and the Chiefs being absolutely dominant within their respective regions. I don't think ever dropping anything. I think they just won, 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 won. FaZe creating on paper one of the best rosters we've ever seen, but showing that there's still work to do. And again, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. I'm not going to count them out. I will not sleep on them anymore. I won't cut them out anymore. I'm not saying about FaZe Stan. Yeah, yeah. But I respect them. That's fair. I respect that FaZe roster. And then Optic Gaming entering their final form, winning both Orlando and Worlds after making the roster change that shocked the nation really it did yeah and uh just what what a ride man what a year what a year i mean look technical difficulties aside Mm -hmm. drama aside there's still a lot of fun halo to watch throughout the year there was and just Great enjoying the tournaments. Going into season two of HCS, hoping things only get better from where they are. Yes. Because that's really all we have to look forward to. So, for me, in the words of our show, we'll have to wait and see what season two brings. There you go. I agree with that statement. And then Blue Jay, you're right. Native red. Native fucking red. Top six consistent making fucking third place at Worlds. Just shutting everybody up. We'll have to see. I, I want to know if that's this is their one one shot they took. Sure. Their one opportunity. No. Oh, uh, do not miss chance blow. Or I want to see if they're going to still compete moving forward. Yeah. I hope so. It'll be interesting to see if they slide back into that fifth, sixth or lower placings, or if they actually are contending for those top spots now. Agreed. Agreed. I don't want to doubt them out yet, but you got to see the proof on the paper, you know? Absolutely. The proof The proof is in the pudding. It's in the pudding. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, where'd that come from? 
We we looked up Bob's your uncle. Like where did, where's where did proofs in the pudding come from? That's what I want to know. We're gonna go off. We're gonna go off the rails. You've never been here before. We do that quite often on this show, going off the rails. But no, I'm excited for year two. Um, I think year two of the HCS is going to be unbelievable, especially considering, especially considering, um. Young's again, not going to comment on that because you, you don't have proof. So there's no, whatever, uh, worlds was one of the best competitive halo events I've ever seen from a gameplay standpoint. Worlds 2022 was one of the best, if not, oh, this might be a bold statement. One of, I'll say it, fuck it. One of, if not the best Halo tournaments from a gameplay perspective, I think we've ever seen. Maybe in the HCS lifetime. Okay, I'll say the HCS lifetime. You literally had Cloud9 making the best, the biggest Cinderella losers bracket run I think we've ever seen in HCS history. From round one all the way through the grand final. Native Red making it as far as they did. Fnatic stunning as well. Oxygen stunning as well. G1, G2 getting eliminated right away. Like, wow. And that was the last event of the year. And that's, that's our basis moving forward was that. Like, that's fucking insane to me. Will, where's proof in the pudding come from? <laughs> All right. Uh, originated the, the saying originated as a reference to the fact that it was difficult to judge if the pudding was properly cooked until it was oh. actually being eaten. Oh, so like you couldn't tell if the pudding was cooked because the proof was in the pudding. If it was so, right. the, so if they were eating the pudding, then that was proof as was in the pudding because you knew it was cooked at that point. You knew. Well, like, yeah, unless they sent it back. In which case, no more proof in that pudding. God damn it. <laughs> All these fucking weird ass sayings, you know, throughout the years, throughout the decades, the centuries, whatever, whatever it may be. But yeah, I can't wait for year two. I cannot wait. It'd, it'd, be, it'd be great like Spartan asked. It'd be great to know who the invited teams are for the Optic Invitational. <laughs> yeah. As we lead into uh, preseason. Outside of the off season, obviously. Um, what a ride it's been, what a year it's been, and can't wait to see what comes next. Um, Young's, I, I forgot if we ever talked about, um, I don't think we have talked about how, like if, how, and when they would introduce drug tests into the HCS. That is a genuinely good question because like genuine question for anybody that may know, um, do riot, do they do drug tests for like the league of legends world championship? Does do valve do drug tests for the Dota two international? Um, do blizzard do drug tests for the overwatch world league? Just, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of questions. 
a lot of questions to ask there. It's a good question, Youngs. It's a good question. And thank you. Thank you for asking that in a respectful way because, again, I, I'm not going to comment on the whole use cases within the league because we don't know. So I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to comment on that. But that question is a great question. Um, there is an article that ESL introduced random drug testing. Okay, so that's ESL. So would that be for like Counter Strike? Would Counter Strike? Counter Strike is big in ESL. Yeah. Yep. ESL does a lot of Counter Strike events. I know that. When was this from, though? That's a that's a good question. That's something to look into, for the future. Seven years ago, that article came out. Um. Yes. Oh, well, gee, I'm not even going to get into that because there are health concerns. <laughs> like any type of drug use that is not prescribed or uh, any type of drug use that is used in excess is a health concern. Um, ESL. First and foremost. We'll be getting, there's an article July 14th 20, of 2022. Uh, sure. Electronic Sports League, ESL, will begin drug testing for Adderall. Okay. Okay. Um, but so things not, are happening. There's some out there. Some leagues are doing it. But the, the thing I'm curious is how do you keep it regulated or consistent enough? Right. And that's, that's the million billion dollar question, especially right? without having, without having like a franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Where, or like you have, you know, open teams coming. Well now, how do you test a bunch of random people that are showing up for an open? Right. No, I agree with you. There's, there's a, there's a big, there's a big discussion to be had there. And there's a reason why we're not at the forefront of that discussion, right? We're not part of those organizations that make those decisions. Um, obviously like I would love if it was the case where we didn't have drug issues within esports. I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking like all encompassing here. I'm not talking strictly halo. I'm talking about everything. Um, so yeah, maybe someday down the line, we don't have those issues. So who knows? Great question though. That's something to look into youngs. Will. Yeah. I think that's it for our topic for this week, all which right. means. Let's get into some regular news. I only have one thing here for you, and it's really nothing major. But if you have MCC installed and you log in anytime now, uh, well, this is a little while ago anyway, but before November 1st, so you have like a day left to do this, um, you'll get your Halo Ween nameplate. So if you want a little, it's, it's a nameplate that has three grenades that are spinning, but they look like pumpkins. So it's kind of cool. It's free. So nice. go, go check it out. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's it for the regular news. Um, you're going to do the, the. There we go. There we go. Yeah. That was actually it right there. Yeah, See, yeah. we like to keep you on your toes around here on this show. Will's like, what are you talking about? I, that's the first. I really spaced that it's, out. It Holy is shit. quite all right. It was such a quick news segment. I get it. It's okay. Kind of games to watch. The London Royal Ravens have officially announced their roster. Thank fucking God at this point. Uh, there's nasty. 
Thank you, Will. Since I've been... Nasty, Trey, Paul X, uh, Asim, and Scraps are the roster for the London Royal Ravens. Blue Jay says roster mini hasn't really started yet. Oh, yeah, it has. What are you talking about? For Halo? Absolutely, I mean, slightly. Yeah. Not really. I mean, it start like, Clutch said that roster mania started right after Worlds ended. And I'm like, it did. In the background. It did. In the background. We don't know what's going on in yet. In the background. Just wait, though. It's going to be fucking insane. So, congratulations to the London Royal Ravens for finally getting their fucking heads out from under a rock and naming their players. And like I said, I, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited for the season. When we get to Will's adventures here, we'll talk about COD a little bit further, but like, I'm excited for the season. All right. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's time for Will's adventures with the nailovers and other games too. Will. Are you keeping with the spooky spooky time. What did you play last week? Uh, I played one game. Actually, that's a lie. Oh. Um, one game I played, but not actually one game, two games. Yeah. Oh um, shit. I played halo infinite. I can't spell apparently on my, on the laptop. It's okay. You're turning into snipe down baby for your second no. game. Not the first one. Um, played halo infinite. I'm mm. got through the challenges for the week. I wanted that red visor. So you got the red visor. I did. What was the ultimate? Excuse me. Uh, 5,000 score in land grab. After I had wow. a 10,000 score challenge in my main ones. Frustrating. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Anyway. It sucks that you have to complete them all first before you can get that ultimate too. Right. It'd be so great if it was just like, oh, you have four challenges left, but one of them is the ultimate. We'll loop it in with you, you know? Whatever. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Anyway. Um, I tried to play Apex Legends on my Xbox. So I wanted to see how it felt with the controller. How to feel with a controller? Horrible. Oh, shit. As somebody who plays with a controller, I disagree. Um, I'm, just, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, it just, I'm used to my PC settings. My brain could not, like, rewire to play that game with a controller. So, yeah, I'll just stick on PC. Okay. I played one game of Apex Legends. Like, nah, nah, I'm good. Give me back on this mouse and keyboard. Yep. I feel exactly. you. So that's it. That's all I played. What about yourself, Josh? Well, I uh, only played one game, and I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, I, I'm waiting to play Infinite, basically, until the winter update comes out. Yeah. Um, I just have no drive to play it, uh, but I'll, I love watching it still, obviously. Went back and watched that Grand Finals of Worlds because it was so mesmerizing. But no, I played some Modern Warfare 2. Uh and yes, Lord, you are right. It cannot get here fast enough because holy fuck do I just... Oh. So, Modern Warfare 2. Nine days, right? Nine days. First up, I don't see what all the hype is around the single-player campaign in that game. It is not that good. I'm just going to flat out say that. Uh, the set pieces are cool, but they're cool in every COD campaign. Okay? And the gunplay is good, but the gunplay is good in every COD game, so it doesn't even fucking matter. Like, there's nothing... The camp, like the characters are fine. The dialogue is not good. And a lot of the scenarios you're put in, there is forced stealth. There is forced crafting. 
Yeah, I saw that. Like, remember when there were rumors? Well, it wasn't actually a rumor. Like, I think it was actually going to be done, but then Joe came in. Uh, crafting was going to be an Infinites campaign. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and then Joe came in and like, we're not fucking doing that. Like, it should have taken that approach. You don't fucking need an a Call of Duty campaign. Um. Yeah, I get it if there's, like, something crafty in, like, a cutscene. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But to actually make the player go through it, nah. Let me let me put it let me put things in perspective for you, Will. When you're introducing a mechanic in a single player campaign, any title, I don't care what title it is, where would you expect this mechanic to be introduced? I think you're uh, uh, the beginning. The beginning. What if I told you that the crafting mechanic in Modern Warfare 2's campaign is not introduced until three-fourths of the way through the game. Oh, cool. Right? <laughs> like, what uh, the it, fuck it, are you it doing? It probably feels like a why is this here. It literally felt like that. And I was trying so hard to get through that mission as quickly as possible because it was just a fucking slog. Mm. But either way, uh, I finally, again, three-fourths of the way through, I have four missions left. Uh, because I just looked at how many missions there are in the game. Uh, and I finally got to a point where the, the seminal co, uh, the Sam, the seminal COD campaign moment where, Oh shit. Like that happened. Yeah. Okay. That finally happened. Um, and even then it wasn't like, Oh my fucking God. It was just like, Oh, Okay. Like, fuck you. And now we're at that fuck this guy stage. Sure. We're going to see how far that gets. Um, see, I don't see what the, all the hype is around the campaign. I'm seeing it get so much fucking praise. I don't think it deserves it. But, hey, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. I'm not here to shit on your opinion. It's all you. You enjoy that shit. Then I did reach a campaign bug that would cause the game to crash. Every single time. Cool. So, not to spoil anything, but there is a mission where you're driving. It is a driving-centric mission. And, again, another mechanic that comes in that doesn't make any fucking sense is, like, hijacking vehicles. Like, jumping to another vehicle to hijack it while driving. Okay? Yeah. So, you're doing this. We're going through, we're going through, going through. Towards the end of this mission, you have to destroy a um, an enemy vehicle. Um, but you can't destroy it by just shooting it or doing whatever you have to mount it and then plant the C4 on it and then get out or whatever. Right. Sure. So you have to hop to it, do it, hop back. If you miss hopping onto the vehicle and you die because you do die, if you miss the vehicle, then the game will just crash and it crashed. To, to, uh, so I'm playing on series X. I'm not playing on PC. Okay. And there's a reason why I say that. And then, so the reason why I know this was consistent is because it ha I did it more than once. In the same exact spot, crashed uh, two times, I think. Then I got past that part, got the checkpoint, and then I died. Once I died after that, game never crashed again. Like, okay, so I think it was just that really specific moment, me doing that thing caused it to crash. The reason why I emphasize that I'm playing on Series X and not PC is because I've been hearing all the shit that PC players are having to deal with with Modern Warfare 2. The campaign specifically? Just in general. Ooh. Like, in general. Like, uh, so NVIDIA drivers released. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it caused issues with the game, so people are having to roll back their drivers. Um, I'm seeing a lot of server issues. Um, a whole bunch of shit on PC. And the reason why I say that is because I have not experienced any of those issues besides the one campaign bug on Series X. So I don't know if everything is just related to the PC release of the game. But I will also say this. I don't think there's ever been, like maybe pre, like maybe post 360 PS3 era Call of Duty, I don't think a single launch for Call of Duty has been smooth. Okay? Yeah. Give it a week. That's it. Give it a week. Wait and see. Okay? But the PC issues I hear are terrible, so I apologize to anybody that's experiencing those. And then to do a slight little dig at infinite. Um, I do actually enjoy the multiplayer so far and I actually, and I do also enjoy the sense of progression of call of duty. Yes. Just to clarify. Yeah. Yes. Of call of duty where, um, your guns have XP, you have your battle pass progression as well. Um, and it, it always feels like no matter what I'm doing, kind of like a Fortnite, where no matter what I'm doing, I'm always progressing towards something. And I like that feeling. So awesome. I know that infinite is a different beast entirely. And I know we, they don't have the, the amount of sandbox and whatnot available, but I'm hoping we eventually get to a point where a better progression system can be, can be implemented. Well, there were already working on match XP. They right. are. That's, that's, coming, that's coming in the winter update. Winter updates. The so match XP beta. Maybe that yeah. will make the game feel better for progression. Yes. Agreed. And I hope that we have like a, an overall Spartan rank or rating that just progresses whatever eventually. I don't fucking know. I just hope we have something else. Um, Lord says boots on the ground, both with hijacking vehicles like Indiana Jones. I'm telling you, man, there's so much shit that feels so out of place. And I know I'm talking about a call of duty campaign where everything's out of place anyway. Like they literally had a call of duty campaign where you went to fucking space. Like I get it. Shit's like Fast and the Furious on fucking steroids, okay? And I love Fast and the Furious. But, man, did things just feel weird so far. So far. Um, whatever. Uh, I'm just trying to catch up on chat right quick. Yeah. They put a phone UI into a AAA game for some reason. Yeah, the UI is not great either. That's for sure. And Lord says Overwatch 2 is bad too. I hate a lot of the changes. Halo has a unique opportunity to give it some life. They really need to take advantage of this moment, unlike last year, this year. I can agree with that. Although I do actually enjoy my time with Overwatch 2 so far. So. That's it. Well, gee, space sure could do with a nice big dose of freedom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) America! Fuck yeah! Coming to liberate the motherfucking aliens! In space. In space. Yeah, I should, should fucking clarify that. People are going to take that out of context. Don't take that out of context. So yeah, I'm actually enjoying my time in Modern Warfare 2's multiplayer, although I think the campaign is pretty mid, and I never use that term because that's what kid, like fucking younger people than me use. But if that was ever something to be mid, the COD Modern Warfare 2 campaign is mid. Hopefully I use that term correctly. That's all I played. Well, let's get into some fucking shout outs. <laughs> shout out to everyone who followed and subbed during the live show. First up, we have, uh, I'm going to say Samantha and drink H2O. That's a great idea. She always drink water. 
uh, Maddie Matthias, Young's Blue Skadoo, and you can too, and T Mag. Thank you for the follows, greatly appreciated. And then to Raider Hater Fox Too Quick and J Fox with the 11 month, two month, and five month resubs, respectively. You all get woo woo woos. There you go. There you go. Very nice. Enjoy it. Uh, and then happy belated birthday. Oh boy. Happy belated birthday to Will's favorite Halo five. Oh boy. Yeah. I didn't mean that as a detriment. Like when I, when that tweet went out by the Halo account, the amount of pros that were coming out and being like, y'all fucking slept on this shit. I'm like, from a competitive standpoint, that game was awesome. Didn't feel like they were all complaining by the end though. PC port. Heavy aim was always Heavy a thing. Aim, yeah. Uh, Mac with the follow. Thank you very much. Welcome to the live show. So, Blue Jay, Halo 5 was an underrated gem. See, th- again, that Halo cycle meme. Yep. It's, all tr- it's, it's, it's always it's, true. Yep. It is always true. That Halo cycle meme. You know, Blue Jay, I'm with you. I also loved Warzone Firefight. I fucking hated Warzone, but I loved Warzone Firefight. See the Gears Cycle meme? Blue Jay, can you like send us that in Discord or something? Because I don't think you're going to be able to post the link here. But like, can you find that and send that to us somehow? I would love to see that. Um, Because the Halo one is spot fucking on. Yeah, happy belated birthday to Halo 5. Um, An incredibly fun, competitive Halo to watch. Uh, my old man hands could not keep up. So, yeah, I'll say that. It was a hell of a fun time to watch, though. Community creations. Halo memes every day. Reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Halo memes. Go check them out. Thank you, Snipedown. This is by an H- this is by HCS. They put out a thank you video to Snipedown. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, Snipedown retired from competitive Halo and then immediately announced that he's moving to Apex, which was the worst kept secret ever. So there's that. Halo World Championship photo album by Ryan Taleb. Check that photo album out. We have the Halo World Championship vlog, Seattle 2022 by Monza. It's a YouTube video. Go check that out. Snakebite Winter Merch Collection by Snakebite. He put out a new merch collection. If you want to buy it, you can check it out. Links included in the Google Doc of the show. to the show. Exclamation point. Show us in chat. And finally, the moment Formal knew they were winning worlds. Halloween edition. The Optic Podcast, episode 97. Check that video out as well. Will? Yeah. That's all I got, man. So I'll give thank yous at the end. But Will, if you wouldn't mind plugging this show. You can find us on your favorite podcast services. Just search for HES Pro Talk. We're on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and others as well, like Josh's favorite. Pocket Cast, not an ad. Leave us a reveal and let others know about the show. Do that. So join the Discord, join the community discussion. Link is provided in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show or on our link tree on our Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, we have one. Go find us there. Give us a follow if you'd like. A lot of information from us goes out to Twitter. It's a great place to be sometimes. Uh, we do have an Instagram and Facebook, not heavily used, but go check us out there. Search for HES Pro Talk. If you want to watch any old VODs or interview series, check out youtube.com slash HES Pro Talk for those. If you want to watch us live, usually on Monday, 7 p.m. Central Time, twitch.tv slash HES Pro Talk. We have our website, hcspro.com with a link to our merch in the top right corner. And then don't forget about the fine folks over at Podcast Evolved. Make sure to check out evolvedhalo.com. Your home for Halo!
They have great shows such as Podcast Evolve, Mission Debrief, Halo TV Plus, Book Club, Build With Blocks, Halo Headlines, and Halo Gear Guide. Make sure to check the wonderful folks over there out. Do it. We love them. That's all I got. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for episode 259 of HCS Pro Talk. If you are tuning in to the live show, thank you for doing so. We were early this week. Yeah. Uh, typically, we do the show on Mondays, but uh, because Halloween is tomorrow and uh, I got a little one to take trick-or-treating, we decided to do a little bit of an early show this week and take the time to do a little retrospective on year one of Infinite HCS. I thought, thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Had a lot of good discussion. So for tuning in live, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday evening. We know there's football you could be watching right now, but we appreciate the time you took to spend with us. And we wouldn't we wouldn't blame you if you wanted to go watch some football now because that's probably what I'm going to do. Um, if you're checking out the VOD or the audio version of the show, thank you very much for doing so as well. Um, I hope to have the VOD out at an actual good time instead of three hours late because the uh, uh, the export corrupted last time. So that was fun. Nice. Yep. Thanks, video editors. It's awesome. Awesome. Uh, What's up? Awesome. Awesome. But we got it situated, so it's okay. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. But thank you for taking the time out of your day, week, month, whatever it may be, to watch and or listen to the show. It's greatly appreciated. We'll be back next week to talk about God fucking knows what at this point. Maybe some more roster mania shenanigans. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I really don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? But we'll have to wait and see. Maybe Spartan will get his question answered. Maybe he will get his question answered. That's a, uh, what a great question it was. What a great question it was. Um, The winter update. Hey, it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. And yeah, we'll talk about that, obviously, when that releases. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week to talk about who knows. But we hope to see you there. It's going to be a fun time regardless. All right. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. But until then.